Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Steve Bloom, and you are listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Today on Weekend at the Movies, we talk about the latest Black Panther castings. We let you know just how long you should stay in your seats after Age of Ultron. And in our main attraction, we take a look back at 1979's Mad Max. All that and more coming up on Weekend at the Movies. That's right, it's another episode of Weekend at the Movies. I am one of your hosts, Optimus Solo, and joining me today is not Movie Revolt Dan, because he is in Miami on a beach doing absolutely nothing, or at least that's what his Facebook post told me. And Matt is also out this week, so that means we are left with myself and making a debut, a podcast debut special guest here today. You know her on Twitter as Hard Candy Mandy. It's my girlfriend, Amanda. Hello. Thanks for having me. And this is the point of the show where we usually talk about how the week has been going for uh, everybody that's involved, and that would just be super awkward for me today to do that because I know exactly how my week's been going, and I know how my girlfriend's week's been going. So we are going to skip that part um, so we don't feel weird, as this is also the first time ever recording a podcast that I'm sitting side by side with someone, so we'll see how many... uh, cuts and outtakes come about during this whole process but in lieu of talking about how the week's been going we're going to do what we normally do which is take a look at the box office from last weekend which everybody knows how that went because it was all about one movie and that would be furious seven which broke the record for april weekend openings it uh, actually beat captain america and it came in with 147 million in just one weekend. So in one weekend, it easily jumped past just about every movie that's uh, their total gross for the whole year. So Furious 7 in first place, the animated film Home went from the first spot down to the second spot, brought in another $27 million, so it sits right below the $100 million mark. Get Hard was number three, Cinderella stayed at the number four spot, and Divergent Series Insurgent dropped from number three down to number five. The only other somewhat major opening was uh, Woman in Gold, which opened at number seven. Amanda, are you surprised that Furious 7 beat out everybody this weekend? No, because Vin Diesel told us it was going to be the greatest movie ever of all time, so I'm just going to take it as face value because Vin Diesel said it. And everything Vin Diesel says is, is apparently going to come true. Um, yeah, it shouldn't be some, uh, too much of a surprise for anybody. Actually, when we did our box office predictions at the beginning of 
2015, uh, Dan, Matt, and I all had Furious 7 in our top uh, top list. We did our top 15. I had Furious 7 come in at uh, number 8 for the year in 2015, and Matt and Dan both had it coming in, obviously, ironically, or whatever, at number 7 since it's Furious 7. So we all predicted it to be a top 10 movie this year, so we'll just have to see uh, how close that gets because if you look at the year now, um, it is also the leader for the year. So far, it has brought in $183 million. So in its first week, it has jumped to number one for the entire year of 2015, which uh, dropped Cinderella down to the second spot with $172 million. Fifty Shades of Grey staying at number three, and SpongeBob, number four. Those are all above $160 million. The only other films so far this year that have made over $100 million would be Insurgent, the animated film Home, and Kingsman, The Secret Service. So we'll have to see how long Furious 7 holds on to that spot. Um, probably a little less than a month since uh, we'll have the Avengers release in May that will obviously destroy those numbers. Um, looking ahead to stuff coming out this next week, though, we'll have to see if Furious 7, how many weeks in a row it's going to stay on top because I would say, based on what's coming out this week, that there's nothing that's going to unseat it at least this next week unless uh, The Longest Ride has a much bigger following than I would expect. That preview gave me the feels. <laughs> the feels. Nobody knows what that means. I can't explain it. You just got to feel it. <laughs> so I don't think The Longest Ride will, will take Furious 7 out, so that should be staying at the number one spot for at least a couple more weeks in a row until it gets some uh, actual competition. All right, so next up we'll get into our new segment, and uh, we've done it a couple different ways in the past, but since it's just the two of us today, we're just going to go down all the list of geek-related movie news, starting with the idea of uh, Gremlins remake, which we've talked about previously on Weekend at the Movies in different months, but apparently it has gotten a new writer, and um, that might have more people interested. I know you you have seen something else that this writer has done with uh, The Last House on the Left. Yes. And did you like that movie or not? There's a whole scene, and uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people feel the same way. I have to fast forward through it every time. It's just that brutal. There's just so much um, about it that's wrong, and I just can't get through it. Uh, I know that if you put some horror into that, mix it in with the gremlins, and did you say put some horror into that? Horror. Oh. Horror into that. I, I know it's it's supposed to be a, you know, somewhat of a horror movie, but nothing along the lines of Gremlins, that's for sure. And the other stuff that Carl Ellsworth has done is Disturbia, Red Dawn, and like I said, The Last House on the Left. So he is apparently, according to Deadline, the the person on tap to be bringing this reboot of Gremlins to life. Uh, Steven Spielberg and Chris Columbus, who have also been tied to the, to the uh, project in the past, are apparently still on board to produce the film. Um, so we'll have to see as more news comes out for a Gremlins remake. You can let us know if that's something that you want to see remade or not. It could make a good topic for a Talking in Circles uh, reboot, sequel, or destroy for, for Gremlins. So we'll have to see what happens there. And I'm wicked excited about it. You're wicked excited? Wicked excited. On what level of the excited scale would wicked excited land you? Probably an 11. An 11. Yes. What's better than wicked excited? I don't think you can get better than Wicked Excited. Like, what's one level below it? Um, 
pretty awesomely excited. Pretty awesomely I don't know. excited. I I, that, that feels like three levels below it at least. Could be. Uh, right, I'm not so. a good gauge on the Wicked excited for Gremlins. I, I really liked the Gremlins movies back in the day, so I'd be interested to see what they do with it. And the next news story should be right up your alley, as we uh, apparently the news is even trying to cater to our, our next week's experience as we travel down to Florida to see the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So Harry Potter news, well, or at least the actor that played Harry Potter. So Daniel Radcliffe apparently tapped to play the Grand Theft Auto creator. First of all, didn't know they were doing a Grand Theft Auto movie. I don't know why anybody cares to see the backstory about Grand Theft Auto. Why do they need to make a film about that? You would think, you know, if, they, if you said they're making a Grand Theft Auto movie, you would think that they're just, like, bringing the video game to life. But apparently they think there's some deep and, and controversial and dramatic parts to the behind-the-scenes story of how it became a game. I don't know. So Daniel Radcliffe apparently negotiating to play Sam Hauser, the president and co-founder of Rockstar Games, which obviously created Grand Theft Auto, and it says the film will focus upon the conflict between Rockstar and a Florida attorney who campaigned against the violence depicted in the game. With how Doom went, I don't even care. I'd much rather this be the video game brought to life than the um, the Facebook version what was, what was that? The film? Social Network? Social Network, yeah. That was a good film. I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't see it. But I, I don't... Like, you're making a movie about video games, which is going to appeal to a certain audience, but then you're not making it about the stuff that that audience is going to like. Like, yeah. how many, like, cinephiles or people that, that really dig, like, the backstories of certain things and the dramatic things are going to be attracted to something based on Grand Theft Auto? I don't... No, that's weird. And the people who care about Grand Theft Auto aren't going to be caring about the making of it, I don't think. I don't think so either. They just so. want to see the senseless violence and bashing hookers with bats and stealing cars. I mean, who doesn't? I guess. I, I didn't say that. I'm about to be slapped. Um, moving on. <laughs> um, getting into some comic book stuff, because we have to do that every week. And uh, that's talking about something I teased in the opening with Black Panther. Now, obviously, we've already known that Chadwick Boseman, who some people will uh, remember from 42 when he played Jackie Robinson, um, among other things, most recently. And we know that he's already on tap to play uh, Black Panther. But the news story today is about who will possibly play his father, and the name getting thrown around is Ernie Hudson, who most people will remember from the Ghostbuster franchise. Um, do you remember Ernie Hudson at all, or are you too young? Are you kidding I'm me? I'm just kidding. Jesus. <laughs> so, What uh, words can I say and not say on this podcast? You can say few, anything. You choice words. I say anything. We're not rated G. He, he's probably one of my favorite Ghostbusters besides Bill Murray. That's that's legit. Dan Aykroyd, he's okay. Well, who's who's the tall guy with the glasses? I always forget his name. Ramus. Yes, Harold Ramus. Cool. This guy though, he he is the token black guy, and I'm not hating it. <laughs> so obviously he is uh, being rumored to play the part of, and I'm not. I don't know I don't, comic books. I don't even know how to say this guy's name. Let me try it. King. T'Chaka. King T'Chaka. That sounds like something from Land of the Lost. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be a comedic character or not, because I don't know anything about Black Panther. So it doesn't seem like, based on pictures I've seen of Black Panther or this realm, that there's much comedy involved. Well, look at that guy. Put a toga on him and the, the jewel headband thing. He's, he's good. He's golden. 
then he would have appeared in Exodus, Gods and Kings last year. Um, no. Um, His voice, though, is, seems booming and commanding. And look at that jawline. That just says king all over it. I can buy that. Um, and apparently he's, uh, as most people probably know, Black Panther is going to be uh, making his on-screen debut in Avengers Age of Ultron. And there's no word on which movie we will see the aforementioned uh, Ernie Hudson Chachaka in. But uh, people are guessing that possibly Captain America Civil War um, could be something about that there. So we'll have to wait and see how that goes. But Ernie Hudson and... Uh, Chadwick Boseman, main characters in Black Panther. Um, I was unaware that there was going to be more of a connection. I thought the Black Panther was just going to be the standalone film. Um, so I thought it was pretty cool that um, to find out that there's going to be that connection and it's going to come soon. Yeah, because otherwise you have to wait until 2018 to actually see the standalone Black Panther film. So we will uh, look forward to little tidbits before that. Moving on to more comic book mo- movie news all about Deadpool, and uh, this is about who will be playing the villain, and the villain would be Ajax, and the character, actor name would be Ed... Screen? Ed Screen. We're going <laughs> to say that like that, so because I don't know if that's screen, screen, screens, or anything that I haven't said, but I, I'm not familiar with this guy at all, except for when I was looking at his IMDb, I noticed that he is also the main character in the new Transporter film coming this year, so that is a connection I can make to him, but then looking further in the IMDb, apparently he also appeared in Game of Thrones, which I've only seen the first season, but Amanda, you've seen a lot of it, and uh, what was your reaction when you saw that uh, he, he played a character in Game of Thrones and which character that was? I actually have been re-watching season four to catch up for this new um, season that's starting on Sunday, and I just saw him in his full badassery just wreck somebody and then seeing that that's him, the guy that's going to be in the new Transporter movie, I was blown away. It doesn't look anything like him. In the Transporter preview, all I saw was this, the battle of epic proportion that's going on in this guy's mouth. His teeth are just so heinous. <laughs> I can't even focus on the action that's happening. All I see is his teeth, and it just makes him totally... I feel like I have to rewatch that trailer because I don't remember seeing his teeth at all. That's all I saw was... <laughs> Jeez, he must be British or something. Sorry, UKs, but it's just not not good. And I really like the character that he plays in uh, Game of Thrones. Not so sold on the new transporter, but I think his face, that serious face, is going to make a good uh, villain. And uh, this is not rumor. This is confirmed uh, from the actual actor on Twitter because that's where everything gets confirmed these days is on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, he posted a picture of a, a, a chair from the set that has Deadpool Ajax on it, and obviously it's from his Twitter account. So, um, And for those of you that don't know, in the comic books, uh, Ajax is a part of the same Weapon X program used to transform Wolverine with his own personal upgrade, rendering him impervious to pain. He's also a key player in Wade Wilson's transformation into Deadpool. Um, a process that will presumably set him at odds with our hero on the big screen version. So that could be a possible story tie-in with how we get Ajax and Deadpool. Um, I don't know anything about any of these characters, so I will give it a shot. And I don't know anything about this actor. So, whatevs. Whatevs, bro. Whatevs. All right. Um, let's just keep going with comic book movie news, because that's what everybody wants to hear about. That's what I want to hear about. And we tease this one in the intro as well, and... 
also random timing because it has a connection to something that you experienced recently. <laughs> but um, we, we talked about how long you should sit in your seats after Age of Ultron because obviously it's a Marvel film and uh, all of the Marvel films deal with end credit scenes and you always can tell the, uh, the, the movie geeks compared to just the random people that get up and leave right away and you're like, come on, this is a Marvel movie, there's end credits. Um, and most recently, you usually get multiple end credits because there's usually like the, the they do the main cast real quick like put their names on the board as credits and then you get like an end credit scene and then they actually roll all the credits which for marvel movies seems to be like 25 minutes worth of credits and then you get like a little comedic end credit scene well this week josh whedon is saying that there is no age of ultron end credit scene um, and then immediately everybody on Twitter is saying they don't care. They're going to stay the whole time regardless because they don't believe that. Um, now, they're not saying there's no end credit scenes at all. Um, there, there will be a mid-credit stinger, according to the president of Marvel Studios, just not the second one at the very end. Interesting that we bring this up because uh, apparently you are one of those people that don't uh, sit for the end of the credits when you saw the original Avengers. They psyched me out because I saw that one and I didn't stay until the very end. I thought, you know, we're good. They got me on that one, though. And the other day I rewatched Avengers just in lieu of um, Age of Ultron coming out and the credits popped up and started rolling, so I did too. And uh, bouncing around the kitchen and all of a sudden this scene pops up and... Uh, it was everything that I have ever wanted to see. <laughs> I love like, screw it. the actual movie. I just want to see these guys sitting around eating food. It was amazing. I wanted to be there eating a burger and some onion rings. You wanted to be this Tony chick Stark. in the back that's like mopping up the floor. No, I'd be right here between <laughs> Thor and Tony Stark just getting I don't think they'd let you burger. right there. They would. There's only one girl at that table. And we would be besties, dude. Like, <laughs> I wanted to be here for Halloween for years. <laughs> Her best friend? You wanted to be her best no, friend for Halloween? No, I wanted to be Halloween. her for Halloween. <laughs> um, I, I don't mind. I actually appreciate if they're telling me that I don't need to stay for the 25 minutes worth of, of credits. And if they're lying to me, then I guess I'll get the joke will be on me because I don't, I don't mind not staying that long, especially when they're usually just a little brief scene. You know, you can catch it on the on the DVD release if you have to. Well, the egg was on my face. For That's this true. One, so we'll see if I get egg on my face for this one. But I'll I'll watch till the mid credit stinger, as he says it, and then. Uh, we can depart after that. Unless the movie, maybe the movie theater will be packed and we'll be like in the best seat ever, so we'll have to wait for everybody anyway. Which is normally the case. Yeah, it's normally the case. I love the, um, after Guardians, the, uh, the little snip with Howard the Duck. Oh, spoiler alert. What? Just kidding. They're not. In case anyone hasn't seen Guardians of the Galaxy yet. <laughs> in a world. <laughs> That's not this one. Yeah, exactly. Um, and last piece. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's of news where we're checking off all the little check boxes as far as we can the movie requirements. And that is also getting in some Star Wars news. Have to. Yeah, that's what we have to do. So Star Wars, the digital collection set for an April 10th worldwide release. We brought this up. I wanted to also bring this up because we kind of talked about the different Star Wars releases and you know, kind of sitting tight and waiting to see what happens uh, a couple weeks ago uh, with Matt and Dan. And um, apparently a digital collection coming out here um, as we're recording this here this weekend. So not necessarily the version that everybody has been wanting to come out, but still uh, a version that's going to include a lot of uh, special features. I'm not going to go into all of them, but there are deleted scenes on all of them. I don't know if that's deleted scenes that are not included on other versions of these films or if they're like somehow new deleted scenes so i'd have to do more research into that but they definitely all have a bunch of special features included on there but uh i myself don't necessarily need a digital copy so i will just wait for some other type of version because like the article says this is the year of star wars so this is just the beginning so we're probably going to get all kinds of other releases as we get closer to december there's going to be some kind of ridiculous box set yeah there's going to be like stuff that comes out right before like in the end of october that'll be like black friday bonanza stuff so i will wait and see what all this stuff we uh we get this year but for those interested in wanting a digital copy you can get it this weekend and enjoy Star Wars in all the different formats possible. They're actually advertising the digital copy um, on this Watchathon week on uh, on demand. It's all about Watchathon this week, which I didn't know was a thing until two days ago. I'm killing it. You're killing it. I'm missing it in all ways, shapes, and forms. But uh, eventually, I will get my Watchathon on. All right. As for trailers this week, there was a few that came out. We won't talk about all of them, but I'll list them. These are the ones that are going to be listed on the website as well, so you can go to the the episode page there, click on them, watch them, and give us your thoughts. But uh, the movies that had trailers dropped this week was The Gift, which is uh, Jason an, Bateman. Jason Bateman trying to be dramatic. I wasn't hating it though. I I think it's going to be interesting to see him in a serious role because even his humor, he's very serious. When he's being funny, so it's gonna see we're gonna see his his um, serious side without that serious humor side. Yeah, I mean, I like the suspenses. I'm I'm a sucker for suspenses, but uh, we'll see. Seems like there's some stuff in Jason Bateman's past that he's not wanting us to know about. Um, then there was the let me see if I can say this right sci-fi romantic thriller, thriller entitled Aurora, starring nobody. Um, <laughs> This has bad written all over it. I'm a sucker for sci-fi, but I don't know about sci-fi romantic thrillers. That just is weird to me. So Those robots look top. Yeah, it was like a cross between like Terminator meets like all kinds of other things. And it I don't, looked like it had the moose in it from and Chappie. The, and the title from Aurora looked like something from like Jupiter Ascending. So yeah, This could be combining a whole bunch of bad things together. I don't know. Um, but that came out. The trailer for the documentary about Amy Winehouse... Um, a trailer for Sinister 2. Which I jumped about eight times just on the trailer. I didn't even want to watch it, but since Amanda was joining us today, and I figured she should watch it, and she likes horror films, so I suffered through it with her. I'm going to cry in that movie. It's You're going to cry in the Sinister 2? I'm going to pee You're going to get the cry. feels? 
I'm not going to get the feels because... It's a different type of cry. It's a different type of... You're not going to be like, oh, it's so touching. I'm just going to be like, I am crying because I'm terrified. The first one <laughs> Terrified <scared> tears. <laughs> terrified. <laughs> the first one scared you? I did not see the first it's one. It's going to be like that. little girls walking through haunted houses tears. I've, I, don't even, I don't know if I've ever experienced that. I have. All right. So if you want to cry like little girls walking through haunted houses... Uh, check out the Sinister 2 trailer. Also a trailer for Brave Town, which... I don't even remember them. That was Josh Dumel. Oh, as, okay. As you told me, I should pronounce yeah, his name. It's Dumel, bro. Josh Dumel playing like a, a, a psychiatrist. But it has Havoc in it from First Class. It does, and it looks awful. But that might give you the feels. <laughs> it's might... not going to give me the feels. <laughs> it might give you the feels. What, what might give a lot of people the feels is me and Earl and the Dying Girl. I know there's been a lot of buzz about that. It's uh, had everybody talking at the different festivals that it was released at. I think Sundance uh, especially. Dan talked about it a few weeks ago that he was excited about it and that it um, when it kind of got a release date. And that has a lot of, about a bunch of different movies. I mean, it feels like it's... I don't know. It, it feels like it's done been done before. I mean, I know it's going to be different, and it's going to be a different style and different, you know, uh, aesthetics and everything. But it, it seems so much like um, the Fault in Our Stars, or like a Walk to Remember meets um, Eternals. Some, but it seems like for some reason, like it's it's like in vogue. Is that is that how you? I, I'm not. What? I'm not Madonna. Don't worry. Um, it's like it's like fashionable these days to do movies about kids dying of cancer, which is awful. It's awful and depressing, and I'm not. But I, I love some of those movies. But I don't know if I need Which like. Which is why you saw them by yourself in the theater. Yes, as I see a lot of movies by myself in the theater. Not lately. Until I met you, um, <laughs> and my best friend Joel hates you. Um, <laughs> That's why he went to go see It Follows with oh me. My God. I stole him. We're getting into some drama here, folks. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but. Domestic. I loved I love those movies, but I don't know if I need to see a half a dozen movies about kids with cancer. I won't do it. Uh, you know, I love Fifty Fifty, which wasn't about kids with cancer, but about you know, twenty uh, year old people with cancer. So, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know how. I mean, it looks like it's going to be good, but I, I don't know if I want to cry about kids having cancer at once a year. Not necessarily something I want to do. I don't even watch those St. Jude commercials on TV. <laughs> At first, I thought you were gonna say you don't watch the uh, Melissa, uh, not Melissa Etheridge, uh, Sarah McLaughlin like kitten and oh, I can watch those and sit there and cry, but I won't watch the Saint Jude's ones. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the the trailer looked good. I mean, it, it looks like a, an interesting movie. It looks like it's done well. I can see why there's buzz about it. I'd rent it and fall asleep. I, that's just cruel. How are you going to fall asleep when there's kids dying of cancer? Because they don't want to think about it. Oh, see, I don't mind thinking about it and and whatnot and being moved by it, but I look like a little kid. What if I? You got to be in the right mind frame to go into that film. So, what you don't have to be in the right mind frame. Actually, you do have to be in the oh, right mind Lord. frame to see. I've never seen any of these films, I and we refuse to watch the trailers, so we can't really speak to it. But there was a trailer drop for Human Centipede Three, which the only thing I know about it is that somebody posted some type of comment on. Twitter or Facebook or maybe online somewhere that like this one's going to contain some type of like massive amount of people involved in the actual human centipede like more than they ever have out streaming honestly it might be but uh, I don't know there's a trailer that came out for it so if you want to see human centipede 3 go for it and you're a dirty dirty human being 
with Lock dirty thoughts in your mind. in a cave somewhere and never come out. That's just cruel. No, it's not. Not if you're going to watch this shit. Um, sh- the other trailer that came out was Just Before I Go, Sean Williams Scott. Stifler. He's still trying to make movies, I guess. And it's still... It's still Stifler. It's still Stifler. Still coming across as Stifler. It's I'll, like now Stifler's depressed. Yeah, I guess he's like going to try to kill himself, but he wants to get revenge on some bully before he kills himself, and shenanigans ensue. It and okay. Rob Riggle's in it. So. I'd watch it. And David Arquette, I believe I saw somewhere in that trailer. David Arquette? <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty sure he was in the trailer. So that David just tells you what kind of quality it. Just Before I Go is. Maybe it'll have a few laughs in it. I don't know. And then, of course, Russell Madness for the Airbud fans. Uh, there's a trailer for that out there. We don't need to talk about that. I thought it was cute. You would. I can't get a, I can't get behind movies about dogs. Sorry. I thought it was cute. Didn't it was, say if I'd it was watch about it, cats. It looked cute. See that? If it was about witties. Witties. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back with our main attraction and what else we've been watching for this week. So hang with us. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, this is Greg. This is Chuck. And this is Dan. And we are talking in circles because the world needs another podcast we are here as geekcast radio's newest edition and as the title says each week we get lost in conversation about a wide range of topics including movies comics games art tv and even occasionally sports we play games and discuss pivotal topics like who would win in a fight the kool-aid man or tony the tiger and examine the hot button issues of the world of geekdom we keep things fresh by taking timeless topics in new directions We are simply three friends having a fun time talking about life's most fascinating foibles. Stay connected with us every Tuesday on iTunes or at GeekCastRadio.com. On the Simplistic Reviews podcast, we talk movies. We talk TV. We talk... Hello, Julie, what the heck are you doing? Trying to make our spots sound more exciting by adding explosions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have got the point across with sound effects, not the real thing. Download the show on iTunes or at simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. I'm sure your insurance company will cover that. No, they won't. No, they probably won't. Alright, thanks for sticking with us, and it is time for the main attraction, but before we get to our main review for today we're going to talk about what we've been watching this week and another reason to bring my lovely girlfriend on here today is because she's seen more movies than i have this <laughs> week because Stuff she's it, a movie whore and likes oh, to go th- watch movies that. with my friends instead of me i'm literally at work providing money for this relationship what winning being the breadwinner what? slaving away and while I'm at work, my girlfriend and my best friend are at the movie theater watching It Follow. Whore. Too domestic here. Wait, did you just call me a whore? <laughs> yeah. That makes no You're sense. You're a hooker. That makes no sense. You're a hooker. What? Anyways. Um, so let's start with her and let's uh, get into some of the movies she's seen because I've seen no movies 
independently this week. I've only seen the movies that she's seen, and then she's seen films that I haven't seen, if any of that makes sense. So start with, uh, let's go back first, before we get to It Follows, because I have a, a feeling you're going to have some things to say oh, yeah. to the uh, all the other podcasters out there that are talking about It Follows and how you either match up or don't match up with their opinions. But let's go before that, because everybody seemed to avoid the animated film home and i have no idea why and and everybody kind of wrote it off i don't I, I don't know why either i don't know if it i don't know what it was about it i don't know if it was, was it the, the trailers or rihanna possibly but it was one of those even from some of our podcasting friends who really like animated films it seemed like they just wrote that off as that's going to be terrible um i did not see it but you also saw it without me but what was your thoughts on home and do you think it was better than people are giving it credit for Absolutely. After I finished, I immediately wanted to go right back in the theater and watch it again, which rarely happens. I loved it. I feel like the animation was akin to uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, as far as like the use of color and, and just how awesome things looked. Even like dust particles were amazing looking, and um, the people looked great, and detail was amazing. The uh, Boove, which are the little alien dudes. I'm sorry, what did you just say? The Boove. Oh. Boove's do not dancing. She's been quoting this film for <laughs> at least two weeks now, folks. But I, I think they were so adorable, and they were so well done. Their little, their little ear tentacle things um, were multi-purpose. No, they were like these little, these little swirly little tentacle things on the sides of their heads. Your hand motions that you're doing on your head here make for great podcasting, by the way. They, Everybody can see that. They don't need to. They just <laughs> feel it. But it was actually their like nose, like they smelled with it, and they did things like whatever their emotions was, or were, was, were. MSRB was, were. Is me MR was, were, Ben. And then um, you could see what they were feeling based on like colors and patterns that their bodies would go into. Um, even... What's what's the the Bazinga guy's name? Jim Parsons. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a big fan of him, and I just felt like the way that he spoke was so adorable. I loved it. Uh, so I felt for him instantly. The the part that Rihanna plays, um, their their relationship that they build is is so cute. Um, there's a kitty in it, and it's perfect. It's. <laughs> It's the whole movie is just awesome. Okay, but. so so you talked about the animation and the visual parts of it and the voicing. What about uh, a couple of different questions? Number one, what about the actual story slash plot and that element of it? Was it something that was kind of bland or been done before, or was there something unique to the story that that you liked, or was it more so just everything else about the film that you liked? I thought it was pretty unique, even the way that um, the you know, the typical alien takeover was happening it was completely different i had never seen it done like that before um just the way that these the this alien race comes in um you think it's just going to be like a takeover or like from the from the preview what i got from it was it was this lone alien coming to earth but it really wasn't that at all and then even the uh the bad aliens that are coming it, it it's not what you think it is. Okay. They're not as evil as you think, I guess. And what about from an aspect, because a lot of times animated films um, have to try to strike a balance between having stuff that the kids are going to like and having stuff that the adults are going to like. Um, wh- where does this one fall? Is it more kid-friendly? Is it, Or is there stuff in there that you know, like moms and dads would find appreciation into? 
there's definitely some things that mom and dad can uh, can relate to or understand that kids aren't. Just even like with the urinal um, tablets. I don't even know what you call them. Um, when he's like, don't eat the blue mints. Yeah, that was in the trailer. Uh, kids, I don't know if kids are going to get that. Obviously, little girls aren't going to know about those. Um, and then there's uh, one of the slushy flavors is Busta Lime. Like Busta Rhymes, like Busta Lime, and they bring it up over and over again. There's just a couple of examples that I can remember off the top of my head that I know little kids probably aren't going to relate to and get, but I thought they were funny. And was Rihanna's character annoying at all? <sighs> no, they really made it so much like her that it was like impossible for her to, to screw it up. Like some little girl from Barbados feeling all weird living in America now. Okay, well, we know, I know that you like animated films, and uh, we'll be doing our look back at the top ten animated films of the decade so far in uh, another month or so, since we just did our comic book film one, and obviously this wouldn't qualify since it's uh, the the next half of the the decade, but in rating this one, uh, as far as on a scale of one through five stars, where do you think this one falls, and what does it compare to, you know, if you're looking back at some of these other animated films that have come out recently, where does it stack and rank? I want to I want to give it five stars. I five liked, stars. I liked it that much. I don't think that there was anything about this movie that I would have. You you wanna you wanna on your first appearance on the movie podcast, you wanna bust out a five star review. I'm letting it all hang out. I'm well, busting out the five stars. Five stars. In oh. a brick house. All right, so five stars for Home. Well, let's get to the other one you saw, Without Me, being right. It Follows. Now, before you're you go... you chicken shit. You won't see movies. It's not because I'm a chicken shit. It's just because I generally don't enjoy them. I'm not scared of them. I'm not the one that's going to need someone here to keep them comforted I did roll them. over several times that night and was expecting to whoa, see whoa, one of these whoa. manifestations. Let's, let's, let's keep this rated G. <laughs> Let's not talk about what you're rolling over and seeing in the middle of the night. You mean your mouth hanging open? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> All the business out there. All right. Anyway, so there's been a lot of buzz about It Follows. Um, the guys over at In Sessions were raving about it. Um, everybody on Twitter is raving about it and saying how, how amazing it is. Rotten Tomatoes is, is, I think it's still holding like a 95%, 94%, somewhere in there. So it's very well reviewed. And in a month that didn't offer a lot of great films, talking about March, um, a lot of people point to this as probably one of the hidden gems or one of the under-the-radar films that was so great. It's even been mentioned as the best year of the movie thus far. Or, what did I say? Best year of the movie? Best, best movie, movie of the year? Best movie of the year. Yeah, people have been throwing it in that conversation already. So when you know when people are doing their half-year list here in June, uh, it probably is going to make a, a bunch of people's list. I didn't see it, so I have no clue. But what was your main reaction? First, let's go to what you said, uh, what you texted me and i think what you put on twitter there what was your reaction as the movie ends it was definitely a movie that uh wasn't just feeding you things and i'm guilty of wanting some things fed to me sometimes so when the when the movie ended i i was okay. sitting there for a second and i i turned to joel and i was like oh, that's it and it, it was completely open-ended to where you don't know the origin and you don't know how it's going to end and normally i can handle one or the other but it's both so i was sit there sitting there just thinking uh is this it and the more time after the film that i had and the more time that um i spent thinking about it um and then especially after i listened to some podcasts about it 
I was able to appreciate the movie a lot more. Um, but while I was in the moment, I, I think I was so in the moment that I just wanted more of it to happen. I didn't know how I felt about it at the time. So are you wanting to see a sequel? Um, I don't know if they really need to make a sequel. Uh, it would basically have to be the same movie again unless they actually went into the origin But there's of so it. many good names they could have. It's still following. <laughs> or <laughs> It's still walking at you. <laughs> Um, it follows more. It follows again. Yeah. I don't know. But, but I, <laughs> keep going. If they did do another movie, they would have to do something where they either found the origin so they could stop it um, or something. But So you really would have rather seen something about its origin? I would have liked to. I don't think it. the movie requires it. I would have liked to have seen just because I'm, I'm curious about things like that. And I like to see the origins. And, and you never really... They never tell you or explain what it is. You have to try to to figure that out yourself, and you determine what you think it is. And I, I think on the In Session um, podcast, one of the guests called it the ST Demon. I heard that somebody was saying that it's more than just about an STD, which I have no idea what that means or what that's in relation to, and I'm scared of the movie now. Just because the whole thing is passed on via sex. Right. I get it. Okay, I get it. Um, so you saw this with with my my one and only friend there, Joel. Uh, do, one and do, only. do you remember what his uh, his reaction was when he came out of the theater? Um, do you think he liked it or disliked it? I think he liked it. At one point, he did tell me that to sit back. He's like, just sit back. It's okay. Like I was literally on the edge of my seat, and he made me sit back. <laughs> <laughs> what a good friend there. <laughs> we did have to share some laughs about the amount of bush. I, about, I thought you were about to say that we had to share some, like a drink or some popcorn, and I was going to get kind of angry at you. No, I was I'm sipping on my own Raspberry Fanta, and I'm pretty sure he had like some weird Coke flavor. He or always something. tries a bad Coke flavor, like the the Coke with the orange or the you know one of those million flavors, and he never likes it. He did. I've yeah. never found him to pick one that he actually likes yeah but uh we did have to share some laughs about the amount of freaking bush that's in this movie i'm sorry i don't know what you mean by that it's okay i wouldn't want to either (laughs) um is it as good as everybody says it is yeah i think it is it gives you a lot to chew on best Um, movie of the year that you've seen so far i really just gave home a five-star review is it better than home i can't they're too different i can't put them on a level is it better than kingsman I don't know. I really liked Kingsman, but the it's end better of than Cinderella, dude. Yes, it is. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's better than Cinderella. Um, at first, I was like, you "Why is this?" Cinderella. I did, but this this movie, I I just love the genre. I love the horror genre as much as it scares the bejesus out of me, um, and as much as I was paranoid throughout this whole movie, I I liked it. All right. So, how do you rank it out of five stars? Five stars. Uh, I'll go to a, a three and a half, four. Three and a half, four? Good. It sounded like you were given a much raver review than that. What do you mean? Like, I should have given... You, you just liked it better than everything else. I've scared her from giving five-star reviews, so she gives it follows a, a three and a half. I, I could change some things, and I would change something. In home, I wouldn't change anything. So there's there's my uh, rationale. All right. And I did, I did really appreciate the the minimalism that it used because it see we're using big words here now that we got amanda on the podcast Minim- minimalism we're, we're we're becoming an upper class movie review podcast so I just we're, we're, we're leaving true bromance in the dust here we're, we're no longer on their level we, we've we, we've leveled up 
That's what we do. That's why I brought you here. Earned experience points. And experience stuff. points and all kinds of different things. Leveling up and making it classy here. It was like these shots, and there wasn't even anything directly scary going on or anything scary in your face. But because you knew it, that thing was always coming, you would see the shot. And I found myself a lot of times not even looking or paying attention to what the main characters were saying because I was looking for this thing. And I'm like, why aren't you freaking out? Like, I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> I feel like it would have been entertaining just to watch you watch this film. But, <laughs> all right, um, getting into a couple films that I guess I can talk about um, that we both saw together as we've been keeping track week by week here as we make it through our Harry Potter marathon to prepare for our vacation next week. Mm-hmm. Um, we got two more movies off of the list here. So we saw Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix and the Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, which means we're down to... One book slash two movies, because that's how they do things. That's how we roll. That's how they do things these days, split split stuff into two. Um, so we saw those two films. Um, obviously, we're dealing with a, an older group of kids now. We're not just dealing with the youngsters anymore. We're not dealing with... It's the puberty time. Yeah, we're not dealing with the kid-friendly stuff. We're, we are dealing with some weird-looking kids, though. And some snogging. Snogging's involved, um, and, and weird pubescent children that are going through all kinds of changes and looking they're some of the ugliest kids if they're british kids. no but literally take daniel radcliffe um who plays the weasley kid i don't know his name the actor's name now you're gonna make me brain okay uh so the, so the weasley kid uh daniel radcliffe and then take rupert grint rupert grint you, you, <laughs> you almost lost all of your harry potter points <laughs> And your street cred for when we're walking the streets of uh, Diagon Alley. You almost lost all of that cred. Dude. Um, I just gained some because I know Diagon Alley is a place. Mike. But uh, Rupert Grant, Daniel Radcliffe, and who plays Malfoy? Tom Felton. Tom Felton. Those are three of the ugliest human beings I've ever seen in my life. Um, especially if you take their years between, like, 11 and 15 or 17. Like, those are not attractive human beings and, and you can notice <laughs> with their hair like they all have the same awkward length of hair or uh sloppiness about them at one point and now they're they're all clean cut and but i mean like i realize you everybody goes through their awkward phase when they're growing up and you know going through their puberty thing and all that other stuff and finding their, their finding thing. their stuff finding their look um but these guys but you just mastered last year right um did i you're still working on it. Look at these Please, pants. please. I've had this facial hair since I was like 14. I believe it. Um, <laughs> I've been 6'2 since I was 14, so it was painful. Um, but but no, these these three individuals were not even, a, they weren't even cute kids like when the first movies were out and they're like 9 or 10. Like these were ugly kids and now they're just ugly teenagers. I don't know. Anyways, besides that, though, as as we're saying, this is a little bit darker, uh, a little bit more delving into the backstories of different characters, and it, it's not as kid-friendly, so I really appreciated that out of these two films, um, and I think they were both vast improvements over uh, Goblet of Fire. Um, I don't know why you hate that. I don't care how many times I've seen it when uh, Cedric you, Diggory's dad just starts wailing, I lose it. But if you time. take the last half hour to 40 minutes out of Goblet of Fire and just watch the rest of it. It is easily the worst Harry Potter film there is. 
without that last half hour to 40 minutes where it gets deep and Harry and, and the the guy who shall not be named God, and all that stuff. I just like I don't want to see these guys at a at a school dance. I like that part because then it took it, was, it out of just being so stuffy yeah, at school but it, all the time. The acting was so bad in that. And teenagers. The acting was so bad in that. Outside of the only legitimate kid actor in this whole franchise, probably. Well, maybe two. Well, there's Emma probably Watson. more than that. Emma Watson. Um, and there's been a few other like side characters, but I mean, Rupert Grint in those scenes is terrible. Like he is—he's not good. He's a little shit in that one. Oh man, I don't he's know. A jerk face. I just didn't like most of what was going on for the first part. But that's not the movie we saw. We're, we're talking about Half Blood Prince and Order of Phoenix, which I think are leaps and bounds better than Goblet of Fire. Which one do you like better, the Half Blood Prince or Order of the Phoenix? Um, the Half Blood Prince. I think I would probably put just a slight notch. I think they're very close to the same. Like, I would put, so far, I would put these two as well as, um, I'm going to get all the names confused, but the second one, Chamber of Secrets, and the third one, or the fourth one, which one was the other one I liked? Um, You like Prisoner of Azkaban, which is the third one. Yeah, Prisoner of Azkaban. I'd put Prisoner of Azkaban, Chamber of Secrets, and these two as so far as the top half. How did you feel when Sirius died? Spoiler. You just broke somebody's heart out there. God, if they're living under the same rock (laughs) as people who haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy. But but no, if I had to break it into halves, if I had to like put my top half of these eight films and my bottom half so far, these would both be in the top half. I would leave. uh, I would probably put uh, Goblet of Fire and. What's the one that you like so much? Prisoner of Azkaban, bro. Oh, I'm I do love Half-Life Prince, though. I think that, if in contrast to the book, I, I feel like for me, being a fan like of Harry Potter, I have to take them as two different monsters, the books and the movies, and I love them both. Um, but I try not to compare the two too much. I just try to appreciate what the details from the book that actually show up in the movies. And with Half-Blood Prince... Um, there's some really key things in there. Like, my main um, problem with the Half-Blood Prince is they never explain the Half-Blood Prince aspect. It's all of a sudden, I'm the Half-Blood Prince. Boom. Have it. They don't ever explain... They explain that in the book, I take it? Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, as I'm thinking about it, I, I, I probably misspoke. I would probably actually put Order of Phoenix uh, slightly ahead of Half-Blood Prince because in Half-Blood Prince, the one thing I didn't like about that film... I didn't like all of the things in, that uh, revolved around Malfoy's character. Like, I get, I get that he's got a mission, and I get that he's been chosen to be the one that does the deed and all this other stuff, and he's kind of got the whole thing, and there's like a whole side story that involves him. But the actual scenes that cut away to him are not entertaining. It's watching this completely white character from head to toe. His skin's white, his jackets are white, his hair's white, everything's white. And it's just like the same thing that annoys you like when you're going through high school or college when you're dealing with that like emo kid in the corner. I don't like he was just like crying he's in the one scene. Poker face too. He's he's just bad and then he's just like there's a lot of shots in this movie in Half Blood Prince of them like eavesdropping like everybody's eavesdropping <laughs> it's the like literally every character eavesdrops on somebody at some point in this film and some of the scenes are just not as believable that that person would be in that position or that nobody would notice them or that it's just creepy i don't know like those scenes didn't work as well for me 
um, where I don't have anything that I can pick out of Order of Phoenix that I didn't like. I didn't have like a single thing that I would like write down as a note that says, oh, I don't like that. So mm-hmm. um, if I was given a score out of five, I'll probably give Order of the Phoenix um, a four, and I'll give Half-Blood Prince a three and a half. And you would give them all fives. Everyone. Everyone. She is a five giver. Um, you know it. So, so anything else that you saw this week that I'm forgetting? What did we see with Joel last week, Monday? Or was that... What are you talking about? We went to the movies with Joel. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Um, That was The Gunman. You saw that with us? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we talked about that last week. And I thought it was two-thirds of a great movie and then completely awful for the last third. I wish people could give reviews on just the first two thirds because I would like to hear that. Like if I could, if I could have someone. No, but but I want to. I want to pay. I don't want to pay anybody. I want to. I want (laughs) to convince one of these other podcasters to literally watch two thirds of a film and then stop. Like I like they can't watch the last third. Like with focus, but flop it. Yeah, yeah. Like like you can watch the first two thirds of this film and then I want you to stop watching it and then I want to hear your review on that film without being tainted tainted by the last third. So I, I, that would be interesting to me. All right. So that means it's time for our main review this week, and we are revving up for Mad Max Fury Road because everybody's talking about it on Twitter. Everybody's going crazy every time there's a new t- trailer or teaser or clip, which I have stayed away from 100%. You were exposed to one by going to see It Follows, correct? I saw a longer preview of it um, see, than I'd seen before. I've seen all that I need to see, and I'm just ready for the movie, so I'm avoiding everything else. But you got to see a longer preview for Mad Max Fury Road, and that made you more or less interested in that movie. I think more interested. Um, I feel already like I'm going to be holding my breath through the entire movie, though. It's it's going to be action-packed nonstop. And I love Tom Hardy. I think he's going to be awesome in it. Um, some of the other characters, you, I, I know that I've seen in other things, but you just can't even recognize it. When I told Joel that Charlize Theron is in it, he's like, that's her? <laughs> he was completely shocked. Um, but uh, I'm excited about it. I think that it's over the top, and I'm yeah. not hating that either. No. Um, I think it'll be a, a breath of fresh air for, for some people that um, give you an alternate thing to watch besides the, the comic book films and superhero stuff and everything so and all the other science fiction that, one more reboot for everybody yeah um so in in getting ready and preparing for fury road we're going to do a series of reviews uh kind of spattered through the next uh few weeks and months leading up to that so we're starting with the original 1979 mad max we will get to the road warrior and uh and the thunderdome beyond film the beyond thunderdome. the thunderdome a little bit later and i think those two films will have a lot more in relation to a lot more similarities and connections that you can draw between especially beyond thunderdome to what they're doing with fury road it seems like more yeah because in this one there's still little you know pockets of normal life it looks like yeah this one doesn't feel like and i haven't seen these films in a long time so maybe i'll I'll change my opinion and what i'm saying as we go through and watch the other ones but in watching this one it, it has a very different feel from what we get later on and i see why when last year when people were talking about the rover with uh robert pattinson and uh who played the main character in that the guy from count of monte cristo yeah and i can't think of his name guy pierce yes guy pierce um with guy pierce and and robert pattinson i can see 
because before people were were just referring like they were they were seeing Rover and they were saying oh it, you know has a lot of connections to Mad Max and whatever and I was just thinking Mad Max in terms of like oh the franchise and to me I wasn't getting it I was like oh because it's this post-apocalyptic world like I don't I don't quite understand the connection in rewatching the 1979 version of Mad Max there is a lot of things similar to those two movies that I wasn't picking up on before because when, when people were saying Mad Max I just figured franchise I wasn't thinking this specific movie mm-hmm. but there is a lot of connections to this movie um including probably even more scenes that make absolutely no sense whatsoever to why they're being included in this film like there's there's times in this 1979 mad max film where you have absolutely no idea why a scene or why a line of dialogue or why an action is even taking place it's very bizarre in that respect um I don't necessarily think it takes away from the movie, but there are moments that are kind of... Um, now, don't put me on the, on the spot like I that. Have to. I can't think of a specific a specific thing, but there's different things like um, like shots back to the police station where there's... Sh- sh- oh, there's the... I still don't have any clue why, and maybe I'll need to rewatch this when it's not so late at night, but there's the one scene of what seems to be his com- commander or his chief his police chief mm-hmm. for lack of a better term because i don't know what kind of force the they CEO. were yeah and uh talking about some type of inner deal or inner workings with some other guy in the police station and how they need to like it, se- it seemed like they were trying to set up to go against this mel gibson's character was i awake I don't know if you were awake or not at that point. Um, but they, there was a, like, they had to, Mel Gibson's downstairs, like, buying, like, a V8 engine or doing something. He's buying some type of fancy thing for his car or getting the some type of V8. deal. Yeah. And it seemed like they were in the office, like, plotting against him or something. I, I didn't understand that whole scene. And I don't oh, have, okay. I don't know what it had to do with the rest of the movie. Like, maybe some type of, like, little minor detail that I missed out on. But... Um, this it, is the only one out of the franchise that I remember anything from, so I don't know if it's going to even connect anything later, or they just, I don't know. Yeah, it just, I, did, I didn't feel like it had a, a big purpose in the plot, but, I mean, obviously this film does a good job of setting up the character of Mad Max and, and kind of giving you the uh, the origin of Mel Gibson's character. Obviously he starts, you know, as this uh, this officer for this for this police force, um, you think he's which has a different other name? Female officer Sugar Tits. I don't know. You remember that when he called that yeah. lady police officer? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, uh, you know he decides to leave the the force and kind of go out on his own with his with his lady and the the sometimes disappearing kid that they have. Yeah, um, the, there's also forgetting about their kid there's all, all the time. There's many scenes in this film where there's no explanation whatsoever about what happens to this kid. Like Mel Gibson and his woman are off doing something, and the kid's not there. And then like the next scene, the kid is there, and I, it's not really explainable. Um, but it, it does a good job of setting this character up. You know, he's with the police force. He leaves, goes on his own, goes out with his woman. But obviously, like all these types of stories, gets dragged back into the drama and the action from this motorcycle gang and you know there's a lot of cool action there's a lot of cool chase scenes there's a there's some cool uh um death scenes i guess you would call it but um, nothing compared to what's going to be popping up in fury road no probably not um i guess my biggest problem with mad max is i get that we've established that this is like a post-apocalyptic world and i get that we've established that you know, when you're off on your own or out in the the streets or the wilderness, that you're clearly not safe. 
Um, and that's a very dangerous situation, uh, especially from these street gangs. But what I don't get, and maybe a lot of people just give it a pass because they don't want to know or they don't think they need to know, but I'm someone that likes to to understand motives. That's why I had a big problem with Shredder and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and that angle. But connected to Book of Eli, like what motivation did some of those marauders have or whatever you want to call them? Like they're just out there to hurt some people. Right, but to me that, that seems like, I don't know, I find that almost as a weakness in the writing because I need to know, it's got to be more than you're just out to hurt people. Like, I just want bloodthirsty, you know, cavemen that we got to go club her on the head and, and get our, our pleasure from her or whatever. That's fine as far as motivation goes, I guess. But Or, you know, if it's like a certain item is, you know, in, in strong demand, like whatever, oil or water or tires or, or whatever it is. Like if they were after his engine and tires? his car <laughs> i don't know like the tires are in short supply and they drive everywhere they need these tires i don't know something that like has some type of value like if they were after that tires. which I, which i think we do get in one of the future um, mad max films or we've gotten in other post-apocalyptic films where you know there's a, a strong demand for a certain item so if you have that you have to you know take care of it or people try to steal it from you but these guys are just simply out apparently just to rape pillage and kill because they can i guess because there's nothing stopping them and some men just want to watch the world burn i guess in a world in a world but i, I don't know I, so i have a slight problem with the motivation from the the street gangs here um and the they cutter. and they definitely are are employing some dumb officers in this this police force good lord because that opening scene, there's about five or six retarded people that are trying to uphold the law. Do we say the R word? Yes, I say the, R, say word. the R, yes, R word. Yes, there's retarded police officers in Mad Max, and I'm not apologizing would, for it. It would definitely be an insult to mentally handicapped people. We're not going to there. call them mentally handicapped. <laughs> yes, because we have to call them retarded because they're different than the mentally handicapped. Yes. Um, but there's some cool death scenes. Uh, you, I mean, I guess you can appreciate the full circle thing they do with the uh, the two main villains dying very similar fashions. They do a weird thing in this film that reminds me of like Roger Rabbit in a way. <laughs> when the guys are, when the main villains are actually about to die and they're about to get hit by a car because that's the way you kill, you don't actually kill them yourself. You trick them into running into a neutral Oil party. <laughs> an innocent bystander. But both times they do that. They do like a real super close-up of the face and the eyeballs, and it almost looks like their eyes are popping out of their head like the bad guy in Roger Rabbit when he's yeah, exposed yeah. to the stuff. Takes his glasses off. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of, and it does it both times when they kill Toe Cutter. That's his name, right? Toe Cutter? The main guy's Yeah, Cutter. and when they kill the first guy, Night Rider. Rider. Is that what his name was, Night Rider? I'm talking about David Hasselhoff? No, <laughs> um, the one that like Night Rider. Yeah, remember that dude. That that's probably that's probably the best scene in the whole film is when he's just driving, going insane, and like in within five minutes, well, less than five minutes, within two minutes, he goes from this ultra, like ultra confident, psychotic, screaming at the top of his lungs, and his girls just like like taking it all in and loving it to like this 
puddle of goo that's like crying bawling his eyes and bawling out. his eyes out because he knows he's in trouble. Pull over, bro. Yeah, pull over. That's that's a time to pull over and, and compose yourself. But uh, yeah, so so it struck me the way they killed him. But they got cool names in this film, so I'll give them that. And they got some cool outfits. I want to get some of them. I feel like for my bicycle gang. I feel like Elton John <laughs> kind of designed the biker gang entourage like whole wardrobe hair everything yeah and they also had the other they they like to repeat things in this film because not only do they have Knight Rider and Toe Cutter uh, both die almost identically they also have the two scenes uh, the two fire scenes with Mel Gibson's partner getting set on fire and then random gay biker guy getting set on fire at the end he was the most flamboyant biker of them all. They kind of, they enjoyed each other's company. Yeah, so they set both of those guys on fire. So, I mean, there is a lot of re- re- repetition as far as the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie, but um, I appreciate it for what it is as far as setting up the whole universe and setting up Mel Gibson's character, but um, I believe most people kind of say that this is the worst of the franchise, and... I don't see that necessarily being a wrong statement without having re-seen the other ones, um, but, but I'll reserve that judgment until I actually see re-see these other two films in the trilogy to, to make that determination. But uh, do you rem- you don't remember much of the next two, do you? I think I've always had such um, an issue with being able to get through the whole first movie that I don't even know if I've... I can't be definitive in my answer and say that I have seen the other two or not. I think if it's been on TV, I've probably seen a couple scenes. All right. Well, as far as a score for the 1979 Mad Max film, where would you sit on that one? A two out of five? Yeah. That's that's brutal. That's that's a failing grade. It's not really one of my faves. I I can see that. I I I can't give it too high of a score. I don't want to like completely flunk it. I'd probably sit somewhere around two and a half. Maybe two, two and a half, somewhere in there. I'm, I'm either I'm either right with you on two or I'm at two and a half. I always use halves because in my mind everything's on a ten scale. So, but since we do a five scale, it's my way to cheat. So like two and a half would be a five, You're and a two cheater. would be a four. Um, so I, yeah, I'm right. I'm right in between the four or five range. So a, a two to two and a half on our scale. <laughs> so we'll have to see how we like the other ones when we get to those, and you'll have to let us know if you agree or disagree with our take on Mad Max, and if you liked it more than us. Or if you think we're being generous with uh, saying as kind things as I guess we, we did for part of that. Um, but let us know what you think about the 1979 Mad Max film, and we'll definitely respond in the comments on the page at GeekCast Radio Network. Um, as far as stuff coming out this next week, like we said, there's not much that's going to compete as far as uh, theater releases. Furious 7 will definitely dominate the box office once again, but there are a few smaller films that are coming out that, uh, if you're lucky, are coming out in your area. Most people so far are not that lucky. Everybody's getting the longest ride because it's Nicholas Sparks and Get it. apparently people still watch that shit. Um, but uh, if you're lucky, you might have Ex Machina. I'm just going to say it a different way every week. Um, that's Machina? being Ex Machina. I'm going to say it like that. Machine Gun? I actually saw a, a preview for that, um, for and it follows. So well. they showed a preview at our theater for that, even though they're not going to show that movie. Uh, yeah, it was a really in-depth one, they're too. They're bastards. 
I if you're it. showing a trailer at a theater, then that theater should be required to actually show that movie. So hopefully it'll come soon. But it's not in our theater this week. But if you're lucky, that's opening in a theater near you. Um, Clouds of Sils Maria, um, starring Chloe Grace Moretz and Kristen Stewart. Oh, Lord. Um, is out there. Kill Me Three Times uh, is out there. Um, not a whole lot to, to see this week. Um, desert Dancer? Desert Dancer, yes. Freedom Takes Courage in the Desert Dancer. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe go see something else that... Uh, our theater is actually bringing out some stuff that, that wasn't available prior, so that's going to be a bonus for us. There's stuff like... Um, Danny Collins and a few other uh, smaller films that weren't released initially that are coming to our theater. So it might be a good time to, to check your local theaters and see if some of those smaller films are trickling in. Or, like I said, if uh, Ex Machina... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it with that one. If that is coming out anywhere near you, I would go see that. That that would be on my list to go see. I was not really that uh, you're into silly. seeing that. And then I saw that preview, oh. and I'm like, this is Now amazing. you're on board. Well, I, I don't know if I saw a really good trailer for that, and then... Now I'm totally on board. It looks really fucked up. I'm all about it. I'm all about science fiction that actually looks somewhat interesting. So I'll skip Aurora and see Ex Machina instead. I'm definitely going to catch up on my Fast Furious movies so I can see Fast 7 or whatever it's called. Fast Furious. Oh, hey, my. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rope you into that. No, you're not. All six of them you're are not, sitting I, out there I right just, now. We just went through all the Harry Potter films together and I did that... Not just for my benefit, but for you. And now you are trying to talk me into watching all the Fast movies when I've been told time and time again that you don't need to see, like, the first three anyways because they're garbage. Whatever. The first one is probably my favorite. I've seen the first one, so we can skip that one. Anyway, um, coming out on DVD this next Tuesday for those that are looking for something to uh, rent at their Redbox. Babadook! Or go see, uh, go to their local Target and pick it up on DVD. You have the Babadook special edition coming out so that had a lot of rave reviews from last year can i watch it the woman in black 2 angel of death can I watch that one too? if you missed it apparently you just want to see all the horror films i have one in black the first one in the dvd case out there right now and you didn't let me see baba duke yet no i didn't i'll probably cry um also a movie that got mixed reviews last year would be uh, big eyes which is coming out on dvd from tim burton um, some people said some good things. Some people said some not so good things about Big Eyes. So that is available for you to watch. Um, most of the other things are, are stuff that's on demand, so it's already been out there. But you can also pick up the Toxic Avenger Part Two Combo Pack what? if you're a big fan of the Toxic Avenger. Um, so Bio-dome? hit that up. No, that's not until the next week. Can't talk about Biodome yet. My bad. All right. So. Um, that is uh, it for the coming attractions. So for our question this week, since we're talking about Mad Max and we're doing our first look at that film, would love everybody's opinion on what is the best out of the Mad Max trilogy so far heading up to Fury Road. So is Mad Max from 1979 the best? Is The Road Warrior the best? Or is Beyond Thunderdome the best? We will uh, entertain your comments as far as why you think each one's the best, and then we'll put a poll up on the episode post, too, so you can vote for which of the three is the top film. Is that a watch? Which which of the which of the films is the top three? I'm never letting you uh, be on a podcast again if you're gonna critique me like that. 
just kidding all right so that does it for us this week on weekend of the movies obviously you can contact us in a lot of different ways um best would be to go to geekcastradio.com find the episode post and comment there dan myself uh, matt everybody comments and replies to your comments there so that's the best way to interact with us or you can visit the facebook page by searching geekcast radio network tfg1 mike will keep you up to date with every different post and podcast episode that is available through all the different shows there you can follow the network on twitter at geekcast radio you can follow me on twitter at optimus solo and you can follow my lovely girlfriend what is your twitter at hard candy mandy eyes no wise eyes no wise at hard candy mandy and uh you can tell her how great she did on her first podcast ever and you might be hearing her again in uh short time so definitely build up her confidence before she she makes her uh, her big list debut so that is it for us and we will see you next weekend hopefully uh, if not you'll see us in two weeks because i will be on a beach next week in uh florida taking dan we, we we will be on a beach next week in florida we're taking dan's spot dan was on a beach in florida this week we're going to be on a beach in florida next week so um if you, you won't hear from me for two weeks but hopefully you'll hear from Dan next week. Um, if not, we'll see you in two weeks for another episode of Weekend at the Movie. You threw me off because I heard your voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Whoa. You can't pet the kitty when we're trying to give our question for next week. What should we ask? For a question? Yeah, what should we ask for a question? What's on your agenda for next week? That's a lame question. I'm asking you so I can formulate <laughs> a question. My agenda is that I'm going to be on a beach in Tampa. I don't have an agenda. You, we. What? So we prepared for the Harry Potter experience, but our skin is definitely not prepared for the beach yet. With this pastiness. Yes. We're, we're, we're not putting this in the show i know we're not okay this in the show. <laughs> um we gotta get a question speaking of the way you look at her really <laughs> down by the feet what if the cords electrocuted you i always okay. worry about that she's not gonna get electrocuted <laughs> are you grounded do you have rubber say, paws she, she's got those little pads on her feet <laughs> they're not <just> rubber <laughs> jesus <laughs> Witty, don't listen to her. She doesn't have your best interest at heart. You smash she her in the door. I, did, I didn't mean to smash her in the door. I didn't mean to close her I in the door. I would never smash her in the she door. She made a weird sound that wasn't pleasant. Oh my god, it scared me. It sounded like you crushed her. I thought I did for I a second. freaked out. Anyway. <laughs> Moving, <clears throat> Moving right along. Bam. Bitches. We did that. Anyway. Hey.